Hello and welcome to today's podcast on certification and accreditation in the Essex Police Department. My name is Peter Silva. I'm the police chief and the harbor master for the town of Essex. And this podcast is part of a new program which I started, which is called the CORI program, which simply means it's an acronym K O R I, keep our residents informed. And we tr- that's an effort that we're making to, to make sure that we're getting information out to our residents. And there's several different topics that our department will be making available to our residents and listeners alike so that we can share the information with you through recordings like this one. So it's our goal that you as a listeners, are, after hearing the podcasts, we hope that you have a better understanding about how our department serves our community by delivering professional police services and that you recognize how each officer plays a very important part in keeping you, your families, and essentially your businesses safe and secure. So today's topic is about state certification and accreditation and what this means to really those who maybe aren't too familiar with the term. My guest today is somebody who is more than familiar with the certification and the accreditation process and someone who I consider to be the department expert on this subject matter. And I have assigned Sergeant Paul Francis as the accreditation manager and probably since that time, he's probably, um, I don't know how excited he has been because this has been a huge undertaking to get to this, um, to get to this level of, of um, excellence in policing. So um, Sergeant Paul Francis is the second in charge of the Essex Police Department, and he is here to have a discussion about how important reaching certification and accreditation is for our community and for our offices. Sergeant Francis, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to be here today to talk about one of the most important undertaking efforts our department has been involved with, really since the infancy of our department. So welcome. Good afternoon, and thanks for having me. You've been a police officer for a great number of years, and I'm sure that you've seen, like most of us, that there's been so many changes of how we perform our duties as a police officer. You know, Sarge, I've explained to many people why, why certification and accreditation is so important but I have to be honest with you, I, I'm not sure how many people actually get the gravity of what it takes and what's involved to get these uh, get to these state levels. And unfortunately, status quo in policing is unacceptable uh, under today's standards. So why don't we just dive into the discussion? Maybe we can see if we can share some great information with the listeners about how and why it's important, not only for our department, but really for any other law enforcement agency. So my first question would be for discussion, what actually is certification and accreditation? A lot of people ask this question. Well, the whole program comes under accreditation, and certification is actually the first step that you have to reach in order to get to accreditation. Accreditation is a professional credentialing program, excuse me, that is undertaken voluntarily and achieved by a select number of departments that is undertaken that excuse me, that have made the conscious decision to give the department members and the general public the most efficient professional police departments that they possibly can. It not only gives the departments effective risk management control tools, but it reduces losses due to liability claims and lawsuits. Yeah, there's an awful lot to it, and this is what I've tried to explain to people, and until you actually go through this process, it's it's it is difficult, it is it is a mouthful even to describe what's involved in this, but Let's talk about possibly some of the benefits of a police department and to reach certification or accreditation. And can you just share with the listeners why it is so important in today's policing, in today's world of how we do business? What do these levels mean and, and why is it important? Well, I think only people only have to watch the, the nightly news to understand why it's so important that we 
ensure that our offices are, are operating under the most professional standards possible. And I, to, to just kind of go into what certification is a little br briefly, like I had said, you, all departments have to reach certification before they can go on to accreditation. We are a certified police department. Certification requires an agency meet 159 mandatory standards. These specifically selected standards impact officer and public safety, they address high-risk liability-related risk management issues, and they promote operational efficiency in the agency. That's that first 159 mandatory standards. When you go on and you go on to accreditation, and, and let me just say that certification is a huge undertaking, especially for a small department like ours. But when you go on to accreditation, you now have to add 98 more mandatory standards that need to be met. And along with that, there's another, for our a department of our size, there's another 69 optional standards. The number of optional standards is based upon the size of the agency. This brings the total number of standards to be met by the Essex Police Department to 326 standards that we have to meet. I mean, that's a lot, you know, this is what I'm trying to tell people. That is a lot of standards. And, it, it, well, let's, maybe we can go back to, I know in the beginning when we had started this process, we were in what they called a, a self-assessment stage. Right. And we learned a great deal. I know I, this was an eye-opener for me, and you were the one that I tasked with this, this um, large task to get us to this certification level. But the self-assessment stage, just can you just describe what that is all about and, and what we have to do during this? Because I, I recall, and it was a handful. The self-assessment st stage, which is the longest phase of the process, is the phase where we look at ourselves. The chief will look at our department and policies and procedures. I would look at them. We look at our offices. We look at the training. We have to bring our training up to speed. We look at how we're equipped. We look at how the building that we have can be utilized and can meet the standards that we have to meet. There's, uh, it's such a huge undertaking. There's training that goes into it. We, the, you start out, we need to, first th thing we have to do is meet with the offices and try to get their buy-in because everybody is a partner in this and it's very important that we have the buy-in of the offices in this area. Um, it's a long process. Like I said, there's three, in order for us to get to accreditation, there's 326 standards, but we need to look at the benefits. I mean, the benefits of the program are many uh, and they vary among participating agencies. Throughout the process of the program, departments must look at their policies and how they do business and oftentimes changes will need to be made. To further elaborate, the program provides a norm for an agency to judge its performance. How are we doing? How, how, what type of product are we giving the public? Is it, is it up to standards? Is there, is there professionalism, integrity? Very important. Um, it provides a basis for an agency to correct deficiencies before they become a public, public problem. And, you know, again, we're in risk assessment. We want to eliminate any risks as far as liability in any litigious situation. So agencies are required to commit their policies and procedures to writing. All our offices, they have all the same policies and procedures. We have them so they're on our desktops. We have them in our laptops and our cruises. Uh, all offices have them. We have manuals around the station. There is no doubt that offices should be and are on the same page when they make some sort of a decision. Now, those are great points. And, and you know, that, I mean, You've been on the job an awful long time, and I've been on uh, equally as long. Um, but how we did business then, how we handled day-to-day -day calls, 
managed our evidence and, and a whole variety of things. I think that this is just this was certainly an eye opener, as um, as you're and you're a manager as well. That um, these things are so important, and when you try to explain to people, it is it is hard for them to grasp. I know I get many many questions that. There, and, and many of them are, are very similar. You know, what is certificate? I don't understand what this is. And so, again, this is why I just hope that this, this information will be helpful to any of the listeners so that they can get their hands around this and, and kind of understand it a little bit more because there is an awful lot about this and, and that goes into this, which is um, the effort that you've certainly led in and we're so appreciative of that. So in 2015, that was a remarkable year, mm-hmm. as you recall. Yes. A big event happened in that year. So our department made history after really a tremendous effort led by you. So let's just talk about the achievement of that milestone because uh, it was, uh, I remember the stress and, and you were the person that was behind the scenes working on these things. And it seemed that oftentimes as soon as you would finish one standard, two other standards changed or the laws changed. Yes. Um, can we just talk about that, have a quick conversation about the about this milestone and what this achievement meant to you and and I think probably to the other offices as well. Well, I think a large part of this what this achievement means to me, and I would have to say, I think I could speak for yourself, uh, there were many naysayers who said we wouldn't be able to do it because we didn't have the facilities uh, or maybe the manpower or what have you. If you recall, we had several of us had different firearms. We had to bring that up to speed. A lot of the training was different. When people came on the department, there were times we would, we would just, we would qualify them and that sort of thing. But was it, when they when they were in the academy, was it the same as what we're doing now? We had to bring everything up to speed, and we've done that. We've, we've made sure our evidence and property is, if the state came down tomorrow, they would be able to go in our evidence and property room and there would be no issues. We would be fine. We wouldn't have to worry about any lawsuits and what have you. Basically, what it's done is it's put everybody on the same page, and we are a professional department, and we should be proud about that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I mean, whether it's, again, whether it's managing evidence, whether it's how we're handling domestic violence, I mean, there's a host of different things that we have to handle, and we have to be very good at it, and we have to make sure that our policies are very clear and concise. And what I think is important as well is not necessarily these aren't uh, Chief Peter Silva's policies or Sergeant Paul Francis's policies. <clears throat> Excuse me. These are policies that are by the agency, for the agency, by the experts in the field, and um, I'm very proud of the the work that's been put into this. And again, I it's I know it's been a tireless effort by you, and for that, yes. we're, the department really should be very grateful, and in the community as well. Because when I started this, I don't believe that I was thinking that this was an attainable goal. Right. I think that it was kind of a dream because we we did not have a facility. We still are. are struggling with that challenge right now without a facility but um, we are making some progress and becoming a certified police agency in the commonwealth of massachusetts is not something that anybody should really take lightly this is a wonderful this is an incredible uh pinnacle of the of, of both of our careers and to the officers careers to have this as, as a roadmap really for us to follow but so for such an important way of policing and for putting it, putting the importance really of the Essex Police Department being certified or accredited into perspective, how many other departments have actually reached the level of certification or accreditation? Because I recall when we were with the town administrator, Brennan Zubricki, and we had gone out, you and I had gone out when we had 
received the honor of certification. And I remember that the discussion had come up, and um, you can't comment about that because I recall that there was it was just surprising, it was shocking how few departments actually reach this level, and here Essex is reaching the level of state certification. Well, I mean, to give the audience some sort of a feel of of exactly what that means, in the state of Massachusetts, there's, I don't have an exact number here right now, but well over 350 municipal, college, and hospital police agencies. Of those 350 or more agencies, there's only 216 that are involved in the accreditation program right now. And of that, only 78 have reached accreditation and 21 have reached certification. So that's 99 out of 216 that have reached either accreditation or certification. And the rest are in the self-assessment phase. They'll reach it at some point. And what we've noticed is that more and more are coming on board because this is best practice in policing. And it's also across the board for the most part. I mean, there's corroborations from, we corroborated with agencies from Chelsea Police, uh, up in Lowell, we have them from Wenham, Hamilton, all these police departments that we're working along with and all our policies with a little tweaking for depending upon the department and, and different issues, all of our policies, generally speaking, are very similar. And this helps when it comes to incident management for a large incident where you, like for instance, what just happened in Merrimack Valley. That's right. A lot of the offices from different departments, they're from different departments and yeah, there's some differences, but for the most part, they're on the same page and this and the NIMS training and all that play a big part in that sort of thing. And it did. In fact, yeah. we sent two offices to that as well. So yes. I think the preparation, when there's an emergency, I mean, we've had some large events that have happened in our community as well. and. I think that we've handled them quite well. I mean, we just last week, we just had two weeks ago, we just had a rescue, um, three people thrown off a boat. So, I mean, think how we do business is, is, again, I just can't emphasize, and I want the listeners to know what how proud they should be of this uh, accomplishment. And it's just not a one time. I know that uh, I've had the question as well. Well, now that you've reached certification, okay, so we're done, right? And and what are your thoughts on that? Because we're not done. It, it's a continuous uh, work work in progress. Well, first of all, we're very close to the next step, um, and we're hoping to get that fairly soon, and that's the accreditation. Accreditation. Now, we've been certified. We were certified originally, like the chief said, in June, I believe it was, of 2015. We were recertified in February of 2017. No, excuse me, 18. 18. I'm sorry. 18, that's and, right. And let me just say this. I found, now I'm the, the guy that was in charge as the accreditation manager of the process from day one, as soon as the, you know, once the chief appointed me there, I found that it was almost as difficult maintaining compliance because now you, we were in the process of trying to reach accreditation now and we're maintaining compliance for certification. And you, you, you have to be on top of that stuff. It's not difficult, it's just, it's time consuming and it's, you can't let things lapse. So there's schedules that need to be put up and the training offices have to be up on their game and. Everybody has different tasks that they have to deal with. So it's an ongoing process. But if you want to remain a professional department doing the right thing with minimal chance of not prevailing in a lawsuit, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And 
I, I think I would. I think we're in parity with uh, your your opinion of that because I I do recall saying, okay, well we've done this before, but keeping in mind, as I said earlier, there are many changes that happen in the laws. There are many other things that change with our with our building, and time management is just uh, it just always seems to be an an obstacle, if you will. Every time today, for example, it's just day after day. There's constant interruptions. There's a this issue. There's a phone issue. There's a personnel issue. So these things continue. But you know the, how we're policing and the excellence that we're that we're uh, that we all strive to serve our community. Yeah, they're tested every day. They're tested every single day that we come into work and we, you know, come in to serve the the people from our community. So I know that before you had said about the number of standards that we are required to get. Mm -hmm. So I know that when it, maybe you could just explain a little bit more about, you know, people would say, well, I hear about these standards, but what is a standard? What, what does a standard mean? And, you know, could you simplify it or just basically tell us what it is? And Standards are the, they're just basically they're the guidelines that define what it is that agencies can and cannot do and what trainings, documentations, and what directives must be in place for an agency to meet the very high standards of certification and accreditation. I did bring one along, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of them is a juvenile operations policy. And for juvenile operations, we have to have a written directive on that, and they wanna see juvenile operations in the organizational chart that we have, which we've had to do, and which we have to keep all, you know, we have, we have them around the station, we have them in our manuals and what have you. And if the public wants to see our organizational chart, they have a right to see it. So we have to have them everywhere, and we have them posted around the station. But having said that, there are different trainings. Now, juvenile officer, we would, we, any training he goes to would have to be in that file. And if there's any specific trainings where they need to be retrained after two to three years or whatever it is, we need to ensure that that's happening. And that's the way with everything, use of force policy, our use of force policy, the standard says that we have to go over and review our use of force policy and have our officers sign off on that at least once a year. We do that several times a year because that's obviously, especially in contemporary policing, that's one of the most important things to make sure officers know what is our use of force policy, what can we do, what can't, what can't we do, and make sure we're doing the right thing at all times. And that's where the standards come in. The, the standards are there for officer's guidance, but it's also there for myself and Officer Bruce, who's my assistant in the accreditation process, to make sure that we have the proper docu documentation and that our officers have the proper training for whatever that specific task is. So how do you keep this all together? <laughs> I have created so many files, and uh, you name it, I have files. I'm sure, I'm <clears throat> sure. And you know what, it, it, this begs the question that, uh, or, the, or the thought that, Unless someone actually has been through this very stressful process, uh, whether it be an individual or a department, there's some small agencies, large agencies, and so forth. Saj, can you share some some of maybe the challenges that our department has faced that while you were pursuing certification and presently, I know that you're actively working towards and we're so close to accredit, uh, hopefully achieving accreditation or even possibly some of the difficulties maybe that you've had during this arduous process. And I mean, I talked earlier about the, the scheduling and, and every day there's quality of life issues that we're addressing, people coming in, constant interruptions. And um, I, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth because you're the, you know, you're the manager of the, of the um, accreditation and certification process here. But what can you tell us or what can you share with us about maybe some of the experiences that you've had going through this process? 
Well, part of the some of the issues that that I've had is, um, for instance, as you know, you and I are the only ranking officers on the department. So, although when we started this process, they do tell you that the accreditation manager basically shouldn't have his radio on, and he should he or she should be undisturbed. Well, you and I both know that doesn't quite work that way. And we make the decisions for the department, the major decisions. If there's a situation going on and you're not around, I'm up next. So that's one challenge that I, that I have. And fortunately, we have really good people that we can rely on, and that has lessened a lot. But it does happen, as you know. And where we're a smaller department, we're also called upon to do so many other things. That's one issue. Another issue challenge, I'll say, that we've had is just setting up our department. I mean, we've had to take certain things and find, in, uh, like rooms, for instance, and multipurpose them, as you know. Um, we've had to multipurpose our detective's office. We've had to multipurpose our old dispatch room, and now we've turned that into a temporary evidence room, which you need to have, because if the evidence and property officer is not on, you need a temporary one. Um, and that's, that's a multi-purpose room too. We use that for other things, report writing and what have you. So those are some of the challenges we've had. Um, we've been able to overcome, it, overcome that, fortunately, because we've had a lot of help. The guys have been really good with this, yourself, and obviously the managers of the town itself have, have helped us out a lot. One issue that you and I went through was, uh, I don't recall what year it was, Chief, but when we, we needed more office space. And then we got that trailer. And fortunately, that has been so helpful because that allowed me to have my office and get away from, you know, the hustle and bustle, if you will, of, of the police office and be able to get my work done. And the guys know they could call me and I have my radio on. So that's been a huge help. And I think that really helped push us along, having that office, that trailer. I know for a fact that you have your radio on because usually uh, well before 8 a.m. Yeah. when he's in the office and uh, they're already calling you on the radio. So I, I just want to echo the sent your sentiment on that, that when we're thinking about like the building, I mean, we, you, you don't have a shower. We're the first ones in usually, and we have excellent support staff by our, our um, police, our fire, our DPW personnel. We're very blessed and we're very fortunate to have the staff that we do. But you need, you need the right tools to do this job. This job is, has become more complicated. We need to be more educated and trained. And there is just so many unknowns that happen every single day that we're expected to be the experts in the field. And uh, in many cases, we are the experts in the field. And we have to make these decisions that, that people depend greatly on us to make sure we're getting it right. So, um, again, the policies that we're, that we're following and these standards that you've spoken about, I, I hear that very much. And you, you keyed in on something that I think I'd like to mention, too, which is really important. Our Board of, Select, our board of Selectmen, our FinCom, um, the people from our community, they have been very supportive of, the pro of this process. I mean, this is not something that you say, hey, we're going to get certified and you know, you do this in a matter of months. I mean, this this has been a long time. Yes. And I know that that's frustrating because um, I'm, I'm asking you, how do you think we're doing it? And you'll send another policy over. So there's so much that goes into this. But really, I don't know how this would have played out if we did not have the support 
from our Board of Selectmen and from our, our FinCom, and both of them were just absolutely outstanding in supporting this and understanding the need for education and, and also sharing an appetite for excellence, which we, uh, we you and I certainly do that. Yes. And we do. We put a, a lot on the offices that are there. But really, they deserve a hell of a lot of credit. They really deserve um, quite a bit of credit because they are the boots on the ground. They are the offices that are going out there, answering the calls, and um, and having to back up how they're doing things and what they're doing out on the road and, and us to, you know, be the evaluators of that and make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do every single time. Right. So um, it, it, there's a lot to it, but I think, again, you brought up some excellent points. So one of the most common questions that I, that I get on the topic of certification, and I certainly have shared that with you before, is that uh, when do you think that it's going to be done? Or the second question that I usually hear is, how much longer is it going to take? You know, it's important, I, in my opinion, for everybody to recognize that a project of this enormity, it's just a constant work in progress, uh, in process, excuse me. Um, I mean, how do, you, how do you overcome the countless challenges that seem to surface every time you're trying to complete a standard? I mean, you know, we're challenged by space. We have uh, uh, such a terrible facility that we're working out of in very limited space, and again, you trying to get done what we're asking you to do. And, you know, we were very <coughs> fortunate, but imagine we were fortunate to get the trailer that, that they're working out of. Um, but again, it's still, it's not a panacea. There's still other right. things that we really need to do to, to address these things, how we, you know, where do we store our, we don't even have showers and so forth. But that's, that's for another podcast. But um, do you care to comment on really the, the challenges that um, I think, which I think you've keyed in on several others before? Well, I think, it, again, I, I think we're, we're a small, we are a small department, as you know, and we are constantly, I, I have to say, I am very often called upon for some other reason, as you know. Um, I get a lot of calls, like you said, and I'm taken away from it. So you're taken away from it and you're dealing with something else and it may be, something that takes several hours. By the time you get back to it, now you kind of have to find your place again. And you do, and you get in there. And then you might hit a brick wall because, for instance, there's a standard that you have everything but there's some training that needs to happen. So this may, this may be a situation where you look at the training and you say, you know something? You go online on the MPTC website or Municipal Police Institute or whatever it is, and you, you know what? Great, I can get that training, but it's it's a month, it's six weeks out. So there's so many different things that will come up. There's situations where when when we were doing the temporary evidence room and what have you, and trying to get things situated in, in, in those rooms, well, now you might be at the mercy of one of the contractors that's coming down to do something there for right. you. And they're busy too. So there's so many things that go into it. And then, lo and behold, you're in the middle, you're finally completing whatever it is, whether it's a domestic violence policy or what have you, and the law changed again. So now you have to go in and change it. Sure. Yeah, and what happens is with, like, for instance, with the criminal justice reform that just went on, we're still making changes. And the way, when it, when juvenile law went from the age where a, where a person could be child, excuse me, could be considered an adult for criminal law purposes, went from 17 to 18, Numerous policies had to change it. It wasn't a big change. You go in the policy, you make the changes. But numerous policies had to be changed. And then the offices have to get copies of this and they have to sign, review it and sign off on it. So it's a process. And it's, you know, 
And when you think about what we're trying to do, well over 300 standards, it's going to take some time. It is going to take yes. some time. And that's exactly what I've told people. And, um, and my, my canned answer usually is, is it, it will take as long as it takes. Yeah. We're not going to rush to judgment. Um, and we're going to think these things through. We're going to come up with the right policies in the right way and make sure that not only do we have it in writing, um, as you know, we're, we're supposed to prove that we're doing these things. Right. So that takes time in and of itself. But, you know, just to skip back to the, um, you know, our department has been very challenged with the lack of the facilities, functioning facilities, I should say, as you know, for, for really too long. And, of course, there's an active movement now to address the building needs, and there has been uh, for, I think it's been 12 years. You're on the building yeah. committee right yes. now as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we're still miles away from coming to some panacea to some resolution on that. But it is important also, I think, would you agree or disagree, that there have been some improvements. And I think that there's been many improvements that um, have supported the safety of the offices, the residents of the community. I mean, when you think back, I mean, I started with, the agent, with this department in 1988. I mean, that was a long time ago. But when you look back, I mean, we've, we've focused on replacing the radios. We've replaced the radios. We have some of the tools that we carry. Uh, we've, we've gotten tasers for the offices. We have the laptops, which I know that you spoke earlier about. Um, the offices having the ability to, to research the policy. If they have a question, it's at their fingertips in the cruiser. And body, I mean, all these types of things. So equally, I believe that, in my opinion, our policies and our procedures really are, are part of that roadmap, if you will, of how we want to continue to serve our residents in the business community, really in the safest and most efficient way. Um, would you share with the listeners even to date how beneficial maintaining the status of certification or accreditation is to the offices in the community and what it means for us to actually get accredited? Well, I think, first of all, as far as maintaining it, I think it's very important. I mean, I, I would I would have... To be 100% honest with you, when you first wanted to do this, I, I was a little skeptical, you know, but, but the more I got into it and the more I realized there's so many things that maybe we could have done better. Maybe, I mean, you and I know we found when we started the process, we went through some of our policies, and this wasn't a function of our specific policy. It was a function of the way the law was at the time, I, I assume, uh, and it was a domestic violence policy, and there was some changes in there that we found that needed to be made related to the current law. Uh, it's just stuff like that that is very important. It's very important for offices to be to know what's expected of them. I'll tell you something. We hear things about like domestic violence law, and I keep bringing that one up, but it's 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 something that obviously is very contemporary. It's it's. It's something I'm, I'm passionate about, and it's something that I know different offices will say they don't like the mandatory arrest situation or the preferred response situation. And myself, I like the idea, and I keep up, as you know, I keep up on the laws because that's just something I feel as though I have to do. But I like the idea of having the policies, having some sort of guideline, and that's why I bring up the domestic violence stuff. To me, that's like, all right, for the most part, yeah, there's always gray areas, but it tells you what you should be doing. You know, it, it helps you. Yeah, you need to be able to make your own decisions and think outside the box and think on your feet, but it's nice to know, okay, this is what the chief expects of me, and this is what I'm going to do. 
it, it just helps the offices a lot. You said something that I had to catch myself from laughing, but yes, there's, I've said this, said this to you on a professional level for many years. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, are a, you are very good at what you do, Thank and you. you've been doing this a Thank long you. time, and that really helps, in my opinion, to really get to the root of what we need to do to best serve the community. And to me, that's one of the most important things because we need to lead the, the agency, lead this department to, um, to places. And I think that we're already there. On a personal level, for me, looking back and, you know, taking pause and thinking about where we were, you know, and, and where we are, where, where we're going and so forth. I mean, these right. things are, are um, just on our minds constantly. And I think I speak for you by saying that. But at first glance, when we look at really how far we've come from the absence of being certified and accredited, and you brought up some of the things, it's truly, truly amazing where we were and where we are now and where we essentially hope to be. So what are your thoughts about this? And I mean, we've, we've just come so far and it's, it's just amazing. And like I say, your diligence didn't happen by accident. I, I worked with you for many years and I know how you are. You wanna to get to the right thing all the time and that that helps well as you know I started there in night I haven't been as long as you but I started there in 1995 um, something I always wanted to do my whole life I feel in my position as the second in command of that department I need to be the best police officer I can be obviously for the public you know to serve the public better but also because the the men and women under me are going to depend on me, and do I? I don't want to be putting them in unsafe situations, needlessly, or advising them improperly and having them make some sort of a mistake. I. That's why, to me, it's very important to be as professional as possible to, to maintain the certification, accreditation, and you know keep up to date on the law. It's just very important. I know that you always keep up on on the law, yeah. and you're always reading, and uh, it's it's. It's always a pleasure to, to come across these things, and I know that oftentimes you, have, I, you and I have shared the, um, maybe a debate on certain things and when there are changes in law and so forth. And as you know, the laws are so, uh, they can be very complicated, and yeah. sometimes you don't agree with all the laws, mm -hmm. and that is a challenge for every one of us. But we certainly have the roadmap, and through this certification, and hopefully to accreditation, in a matter of months and so forth. This this is something that I'm personally quite proud of and that you should be, I don't know if you actually take pause periodically to, to, to realize when, when, I, <laughs> when I don't let you out of your office. <laughs> um, but it, it really is, it's just amazing to, to, when you, yes. again, when you look back and you see where we were and you see where we are today, it's, um, you get very caught up in the moment, at least I do. And when you start looking back, you realize how far this department has come. And again, it, it certainly wasn't by accident. This is something right. that's taken a, a, a lot of work to get to. And um, for that, we're, we're really grateful. And I'm just so glad that this Thank is you. an opportunity for us to, to vet this out and, and have a discussion about this. So um, did you have any thoughts or any other points you'd like to bring up? Not a lot. I, I just want to say, like I said, it, it's really important that we maintain this and, and that we keep everybody on board. Um, again, there are times, I won't lie to you, where it gets frustrating and I want to just throw my hands up in the air and walk out the door and I take haven't a little noticed. ride. Well, <laughs> no, I know I you have. Noticed. I know I you have. have. Noticed. Um, and so I take a little ride because it can get frustrating. There's a lot to it and you, 
like I say, you hit a roadblock, you hit a brick wall, but what I do is I kind of bounce off the wall and I go around and do something else. Well, you remember that you're a leader, and that's yeah. one of the things that I've always yeah. respected in your, your management style. You are a leader, and Thank you've you. done a, a very, very respectable job, and I have to give the offices really a lot of credit. Absolutely. It wasn't always like this, but we have such professional, well-educated, well-trained offices, and that's something nobody can take away from us. Right. I'm very proud of that fact, and we have great support staff around us, and again, we have a um, we have our bosses, the Board of Selectmen, yes. and like I say, the fire department, we work tremendously well with. We were here doing another podcast on emergency planning. So we've, we've got a lot of the great ingredients, and I think that we're having a great product come out on the other end of yes. those ingredients and so forth. So, Just need that building. That just gets <laughs> the building. Let's keep that going. That's another podcast. Right. But uh, I would be remiss if I really didn't give you a tremendous amount of credit for your continued diligence to date on the massive undertaking. and. And really for the fine work, as I keep saying, for the department of us reaching certification in 2015 and, and particularly our, our recertification. And that was during the past spring, as we said. So this didn't happen overnight, but this this is such an accomplishment and it truly is an honor for our department to, department to reach this pinnacle. So I will cheerlead your efforts to continue work on accreditation, which we hope will reach again in the next months to come. And I sincerely want to thank you, Sergeant Francis, for guiding us through this intricate process of certica certification and hopefully accreditation today. So I would also like to express my uh, thanks and appreciation to Becky and her whole team here at Studios 1623. And your assistance really has been invaluable in helping us make this production possible and getting the information out to our listeners. Hopefully it may even go beyond just the residents of Essex, but this is a wonderful opportunity and a great forum that we can get information out in a very professional, very respectful way. So for that, I'm very grateful, and I want to thank you and your whole team here for all that you do for us here. And I'd like to just leave everybody with a safety tip, and remember, an emergency can happen anywhere, so plan ahead for, th for the unexpected. I know it sounds kind of strange, but uh, think about these things. Your planning efforts really would pay great dividends for you and possibly your family. And, and remember, it's so important to us, and we keep telling people, if you see a possible crime being committed, even if you see something that just doesn't look right, please, we appeal to every listener, don't delay, okay? Early reporting is really paramount. In an emergency, always dial 911 and do this soon if you see something that needs to be reported or just doesn't look right. I am Chief Peter Silver of the Essex Police Department. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast on certification and accreditation.